Hello, this is Karen and Tim Titus from Stepping on the Back Porch. And we are doing our podcast about everything that is creativity, paper crafting, and life. So I was a quilter before I was a card maker. I actually made my first quilt in 1973. Who was that for? Me! <laughs> More about that next week. <laughs> but, and I made my first card in 1996. So that is a 23-year gap. <laughs> I think card making was a natural doing, fit. Are you doing something else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, life was a little busy. <laughs> but I found card making to just be a natural fit because with both cards and quilts, you have this color palette and you're working with pretty designs and colors you know so it's like all the pretty fabric and all the pretty papers you know all the bits and pieces and of course all the possibilities <laughs> so many of my crafty friends are also quilters and it's been interesting to ask them which came first you called crafty friends or crafting friends uh, Why are could, I could be both <laughs> I, I would say it would be both <laughs> So I decided to combine my two loves and put them on. Three oh, loves. Okay. <laughs> and put them and do, take some of my favorite quilts, because I have a large collection of quilts I've collected over the years. Take some of my favorite ones, share each day for a week, the story behind them, and then create a card that's inspired by them. To just share how this goes together. And we had so much fun doing this over in the back porch stampers. And then I, I invited everyone else to share pictures of both their quilts and their quilt cards. They didn't have to do both, but just sharing stories of both, just intermixed. And we, we just had a wonderful time hearing all the stories. So I wanted to do a podcast about using the quilts as card inspiration, but I thought, first, we have to do this one just about quilting. It goes too, just some quilt stories. And so much of what I share today can also be thought of, you know, maybe you knit or crochet or you make cards or whatever. You know, this is just different ways that creating handmade things can really impact our life. But today it's quilt stories. It is. <laughs> so Now, mm -hmm. can I just say that if you actually, you're gonna do one a week or one a day for a week? I did. With all your quilts, you could do. Oh, I, <laughs> you could do one a day for a month. Yes, we could keep on going, and we may revisit that later. But it was um, so. In the back porch, stampers is my my Facebook group page, free to join. Love to have you join. But we have lots and lots of conversations, and actually, the inspiration for my podcast comes from there because I'm always taking what we are what we are discussing there, kind of, and what's going on in life. So anyway, first thing I wanted to talk about quilts is just what precious memories they can be. So here are a few comments. From Debbie Klusner, this is a wall hanging because we posted pictures. My mom made for humane shelter raffle. I decided I had to have it and bought way too many tickets. <laughs> Luckily I won it. I am so glad I did as I lost her in March of this year. I will cherish this forever. She was an amazing seamstress and I miss her so much. Isn't that just awesome, ending it back where it belonged? I wish we could show you pictures of this. So. Yeah. You can go back there and scroll and see it. Susan Reed said, my sister made this quilt. It is very special to me. She passed away in July from pancreatic cancer. You know, And I think when you have tangible things, there's something about tangible things that you always think of people when mm -hmm. you use them. It's just something wonderful. Teresa Foster said, when my grandmother died, she had over 50 new quilts <laughs> that were divided up amongst the eight children. My mother gave me this one, so that went on to the grandchildren that I will cherish all my life. Joan Beard said, these are two quilts made by my husband's grandma. 
The little blue and white check quilt was, was his baby blanket, 80 years old. The other quilt was one of many she made. She used feed sacks and whatever was around. This one is slowly, apart, slowly falling apart. It's been loved and appreciated by many. I, and I thought, you know, it's just precious. So much tied up in those quilts. And how about this one, Trish Bay? The inspiration to my quilt making, I found some blocks at my grandpa's house in a dresser drawer that my grandma had made. I didn't know she was a quilter. My grandma passed away when I was in second grade and she had a stroke the year before I was born. She was in a wheelchair and couldn't use her hands much. I have no idea what year she made these quilt blocks, but it had to be before 1959. The blocks were missing for quite a while while my grandpa moved out of his house into ours, but a few years ago, the blocks were found. I put them on white muslin with a blanket stitch and sewed them together. Now, so cool. my thought is what a find. Now you had a grandmother that lived with you who was mm -hmm. in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. She did. She um, crippling arthritis, and I'm talking crippling. She was in a wheelchair, and my mother took care of her, and she was just part of her family. But you don't remember, you know, her before that. I think the story no. just really hits me. It's like finding a piece of this person's life. Well, there was no before that because she lived with us when I was born. Right, and but for this woman, didn't yeah. know that either. She yeah. didn't know. You know, it's yeah. it's like um. Being remembered for something of, you know, sometimes I think when we're older and you, you know, little kids, you remember those elderly. Yeah. The most, the most that I know about were. this grandma is that she actually came from Norway. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's kind of the. But any stories are precious. Yeah. And I think what a find to find some of this and think, oh, that's like a part of her life. I didn't know anything about. I think that's really cool. Melinda Miller has a sunbonnet Sioux quilt. We are talking about that's my my mom's just favorite, if anything. Quilt top in the attic made from her mom's dresses when she was a little girl, when her grandmother put them together. So she found it, completed it, as going to complete it and have that. And I thought, and Linda Beebe was talking about one of her quilts got lost in the tornado that went through mm. St. Peter. And you know, isn't it sweet to just think that's one of the things you really miss from that? I mean, that you know, it's just, you know... A, a lot of things we could miss, but it's like those photos, those special things that people have made are just the most precious things. Now I have a couple stories about quilting in a group to give others. Pam Howe was saying that her church was making quilts for Lutheran World Relief. One night, a friend of one of the quilters' house burned down. Hmm. Five children plus two adults <clears throat> had nothing. Everything was gone. The quilters decided to give quilts that they had made and delivered to the family. When they took out the quilts, there were exactly seven hmm quilts. The mother was in tears as each child got to pick their own quilt and that night they slept at the quilter's house each wrapped in a nice warm gift. I was like, you know, how perfect and to have the seven, very cool. the seven quilts being what they had. Barbara Harold is with a group that makes lap-sized prayer quilts. We add ties to them, they're prayed over and eat every time a prayer is said that they tie a knot to represent the prayer so the person who receives the quilt knows that others are praying for them. Quilts are always free. Anyone can ask for them. They love getting together and sewing. I thought, what a great ministry that is. Uh, you know, we've talked before about different card ministries through groups. A quilting ministry, anything can be a ministry. It is what we do with our interests and our gifts and our talents. And a few stories about teaching others. Hazel Hall. This is a wall hanging I designed for our town's 100th year. Uh, in uh, Nederland, Texas, settled by the Dutch. I was teaching sixth grade at the time and had six classes. I bought the material and pieced the quilt. When a student completed their assignment in class, I would show the student how to quilt. Mm. <laughs> the students worked 
on the quilt every day until it was done. It now rests on the wall at City wow. Hall. What and I think what a fun memory for those sixth graders getting to do that. I think those are the kind of memories you think about a teacher that kind of made a difference because yeah. something unusual. I, I just I just love that. Very cool. Um, and let's see. And uh, also, well, let's see. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of losing track, but it's okay. I'm just going to go on with stories. <laughs> you know, I just have all these notes. <laughs> Andrea Graham received, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, her husband's aunt made her a quilt. She knew she loved purples and, and she had cats, so she made a purple cat quilt. Here's another, just what a fitting, appropriate quilt to make. <laughs> She says, my kitty loved it too. She's still curled up on it. <laughs> Marilyn Fronenberger. My mother made a quilt top from a quilt that was my blanket when I was a baby. My grandmother quilted it. I had an aunt who made bears and sold them at craft fairs. So she took that blanket and used the rest to make a quilt. And I thought, now how fun is that? You get the whole family involved. And there's all these bits and pieces and the stories go on. <laughs> and here's a great story. Julie Height said, I'd like to share a special quilt with you all. In 2011, I volunteered to make our quilt guilds raffle quilt. Using the quilt block my home ec teacher designed, <laughs> I sketched what my mind's eye envisioned for the quilt and went to town. The design changed a number of times, causing me to search the internet far and wide for a discontinued fabric that I need more of. A quilt shop in the state of Washington had it. She doesn't live in Washington. So, you know, all of us crafters can relate to this. Were you looking for that elusive thing? <laughs> In the spring of 2012, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. Working on this quilt allowed me quiet time to reflect and plan for the changes his life was going to take. He's still with us. But back to the raffle quilt. My very good friend won the quilt, and she said she was going to give it back to me before she died. And, and she has. <laughs> this quilt is special to me in so many ways. It reconnected me with my favorite teacher. How huge is that? going back to a person. It got me through my dad's cancer. My friend makes sure I get it back, and the quilt went on to play second place in Ohio's quilt show. Mm -hmm. It won numerous ribbons, which is nice, but that's not what makes it special. If you read this to the end, I'm sorry the story is so long, there's just a lot to say about it, but that says it all. What makes the story special is the story, <laughs> not the ribbons. And then we need a few fun stories. Okay. <laughs> uh, Oh, Sandy Steinke made my, uh, a gorgeous Minecraft quilt for her grandson. So I thought, you know, I love how you can just take any idea and make it modern, make it fit the person. How cool is that? Jane Yancey has an around-the-world pattern quilt that her grandma made for her dad. She cut the pieces using a postage stamp for measurements. <laughs> okay, I would love to know sweet. how many hours were put into that quilt. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing thing. <laughs> Rebecca Sadowski says, as my sister LaVar said in her, her photo, oh, our grandma made each of us six grandkids a quilt. What I love most about mine, my name is Rebecca, but of course growing up everyone called me Becky, spelled B-C-K-Y. However, every birthday or Christmas day, grandma spelled my name in a new way. And as you can see, my quilt was no exception. To me, that makes it absolutely perfect. How fun to carry on the humor and the tradition and the fun of doing that. And, uh, you know, I just I have a totally different spelling on the quilt. I just love that. Uh, uh, oh, and here's a great one. Debbie Gannon says, my best friend is making a quilt for my wedding present. We'll be having our 12th anniversary in a couple of months, and we still haven't received it. 
<laughs> she said she had to wait until she was good enough at the top stitching before she finishes it. <laughs> so I don't have a picture yet. Oh my goodness, that pile of unfinished projects. I think that is just hilarious. <laughs> 12 years. I know, and still waiting. And I'm gonna close with this story. Amanda Box said, Quilts for my grandma are my most precious possessions. I just called her, she's 93, and told her I was going to post pictures of her creations. She was happy about that. Stories of each quilt are under the picture. I'm going to use these to create cards and give them to her to use. I know I get my love of mm. crafting from her. Very cool. You'll want to tell her to listen to the podcast too. What a story of how we do impact the next generation and the bonds that we share and yeah and won't that be just a precious gift so i hope you've enjoyed this little thing we'd still love to hear your quilt stories over in the backboard stampers and next week we're going to be talking about my quilt stories and how i use them as inspiration to make cards so have a wonderful week creating bye